Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Thanks Morris. I am Marie, the SLP, and today we're starting a fun new tradition called Thursday Therapy Hacks or Thursday Therapy Tips. Um, And so every once in a while, I do like to throw a little bonus episode every week. So you get two instead of one. And so every once in a while, what I'll be doing is throwing in a Thursday therapy hack as one of those bonus episodes. So keep an eye out for these. These are meant to be short little, you know, either activity ideas or strategies just to remind you of some of the ways that you can continue to promote your students or your child's speech and language development. Um, Sometimes they're things that we do very naturally, especially as speech therapists, but it's good to remember them because as we remember them, sometimes in the moments when we forget, we might uh, have our little acronyms that, you know, on our walls that keep us reminded to, you know, take your time to say less and stress. If you know what I'm talking about, great. Those are going to come up in these Thursday therapy tips shortly. Anyways, today we're going to talk about the OWL strategy for Thursday's therapy tips. And the OWL strategy is something I've been very fond of since my grad school days and something I've used in my speech therapy sessions ever since. So OWL stands for observe, wait, and listen. And I'm going to break these all down for you and kind of explain how I would use these in a speech therapy setting. Now, obviously, you know, you can take these home with your little ones and make sure that you're using them when you're playing with them. Um, For teachers, you know, when you're running centers, these might be great strategies for you to use as well. They really go for any age group, any situation. I even recommend using these kinds of things when you're collaborating with other adults. Um, Might be helpful to keep in mind, right? So the first part of OWL, observe, is something that is so important when we are setting up a therapy session, especially, I mean, I say especially play-based because that's a lot of what I like to do in the preschool setting, but I think it's so important because you, in this situation, you are giving a child um, the knowledge that they're heard. When you observe, you are getting face-to-face with your child or your student. So if I bring a student in and we're gonna have a play-based session, you know, they're, they sit down on the carpet with the toys. I sit down on the carpet with the toys. I'm not observing from a distance. I'm right there with them. They, they know that if they need something, I'm there. If they want to initiate an interaction with me, I'm right there. It's so easy for them and they know that I'm there to hear them, right? Another part of observe means that we're following the child's lead. So this is where you kind of set up that uh the control factor where, you know, a child might be a little bit more um, interested in communication when they feel that they've gotten the control of the situation. So it's, um, it's important to make sure, and I'm not saying this is the only reason we follow a child's lead, but it does sometimes help with that buy-in that we get. Now, following a child's lead, it also means very basically and very importantly, doing what the child wants to do, whatever they find the most joy in, to elicit language. Because I've talked about this so many times, but when, you know, if you think about when you're in a communication, communicative situation or conversation, when you're talking about what you like and what you love, aren't you more motivated intrinsically to keep that conversation going? So, you know, if I have a student who loves, um, playing playing with musical toys I might you know in my speech room when I set up for that session I might throw out a a bucket of 
um, musical toys and maybe I'll throw some blocks on the floor and then maybe my a third activity like Mr. Potato Head or something. Because I know that the child is probably going to go for the musical toys, but I've got some other fun things there just in case they don't. And then when they come in and they can they see the musical toys, they might be way more motivated just to start the engagement right there. Um, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to observe. I'm going to watch how they play. I'm going to... Um, Again, give them the opportunity to be requesting help from me or initiating by giving me a toy or whatever it is. Okay, so that's observe. The next letter, W, means wait. Now, this is that awkward wait time that if you've watched any of my videos or seen any of my stories on Instagram, you know I like to wait. Um, and I, I talk about this a lot because it can be so awkward if you're in a car. I mean, think about if you're in a conversation with another adult and you just pause for five seconds after you ask a question. I mean, it does sound awkward and sometimes it feels awkward even in the speech therapy um, room where, you know, you ask a child a yes, no question and you're just staring at them and they maybe they look uh, like they don't know how to answer or, you know, maybe you can kind of see their wheels turning um, because they're trying to answer or whatever it is. But the point is, you give that same wait time. You don't um, impose too much of what you're trying to say, or you don't prompt too much because you don't want to overwhelm them. So giving this wait time, I always say wait at least five seconds after you've prompted them. Or if you bring them into the speech room, they start playing with the toys and you're doing that observation. Maybe you, you say, oh yeah, you have a cow. Well, great. You said that. Now give a good amount of wait time for them to process. Oh, a cow. Maybe they're going to next go look at you and say moo before you try to tell them what the cow says or something like that. So you are giving them time and you're giving them a chance. And that's what we want to do, right? We want to give them all the chances in the world to take their own turn. Um, like I said, you want to give them time to think, give them time to respond. That processing might be just taking a little bit longer. And you want to give them time to explore and discover their environment. So again, with the cow, right? If I say, oh yeah, you have a cow and they're looking at the cow, you know, they're going to feel the cow. They're going to see maybe the cow is a black and white cow and it has two colors. And maybe in their head, they're trying to kind of cycle through all the animal noises they've learned, right? Um, and so we want to give them that opportunity by waiting and not putting too many demands on their capacity by, by over-prompting, I guess you could say it. Prompting is not a bad thing. Prompting helps us figure out how we can support independence. But we also have to make sure we're giving that opportunity for independence. And sometimes it's a little bit of an awkward wait, a five second wait. Another thing with waiting that I want to make sure you know. Now, I know you can't see my face. You're listening. But there is a video on this on my YouTube if you do want to see my, my expectant look face. But you want to make sure while you're waiting, you're giving an expectant look. That means you're you're looking at the child, letting them know it's their turn, that they have the opportunity to communicate. You're not looking away. You're not ignoring, you know, um, not that you would ignore, but you're not, you know, you're not focusing on the toy. You're looking at them, waiting for them to, to see that you are anticipating their, you know, vocalization or their gesture or their facial expression. Maybe they'll imitate your facial expression. That would be great. Okay. So we'll go on to the L in OWL, that stands for listen. So this is very obviously meaning that the child talks or the child's communicating and the adult is attending. 
you're respecting the child's expression, and you're motivating them to continue the conversation. Again, when we think about our adult conversations, if you don't feel heard, then how motivating is it for you to keep talking or to keep communicating about whatever it was that you were communicating about? You know, if somebody goes on to the next topic and you were still so excited to share whatever it was you were sharing or your perspective meant so much to you, but you don't feel like it's being well received, what is going to motivate you then to keep talking about that? I mean, you could try, but our little ones that we're trying to promote this language expression from, they may not. And so, um, It's so important to make sure that we're listening and that we're letting the child know that we're in attendance of them and that everything that they do or say means so much to us Um, because it's so motivating, you know, when you're enthusiastic and let's say they hold the cow up to you, the cow toy that we keep talking about, they hold it up to you, you know, and you have that expectant look, well, there you can let them know you're listening. Oh yeah, I see the cow. Thanks for showing me. You know, things like that to let them know, yeah, like you're getting your point across and I'm so proud of you. And that builds their confidence up. So make sure that you're listening and you're not, again, overimposing your own agenda. You know, yeah, maybe you really want to work on getting um, yes, no questions answered and you need to get all five of your trials or whatever, but you've got a child that's so interested in the cow and you want to make sure they know that you're going to listen or you're going to um, accept whatever it is that they put out there because that'll only keep them communicating, right? All right, so that's the end of the OWL acronym. Now, I always like to throw in OWL plus R. So R means give a reason to communicate. So we want to change a familiar activity and we want to wait and adapt daily routines to promote initiation to promote requesting and so what I recommend um, other speech therapists do what I recommend families do at home are things like withholding um, which doesn't sound all that great when you say it out loud but when I say withholding you know if you have blocks if you're playing with blocks you know obviously the child is building blocks and maybe in order to do that they need to reach out their hand and request a block from you or they need to use their sign more or say more or give an approximation or something like that so that withholding or what we call bit by bit um, strategy is so important because it promotes their need to communicate other things that are super helpful and i know many speech therapists um, are masters of disguise, meaning like you can walk into their room, not always and not def- definitely not my speech room, but you know, I'll walk into speech rooms. And I'm like, where are all your toys? And then all of a sudden the curtains come up and the, the cute target bins come out and they're all hidden. And I love it. And, and that also gives children a reason to communicate. They, they need to ask for what they want versus have it all laid out for them. You know, things might be up high. So things I would recommend in that situation are, you know, if you have a playroom at home or in your speech room or your classroom, all of the toys could be maybe where the child could see them but up high. And when I say can see them, especially for our little ones that are working on that object permanence and understanding what's available to them. Um, you know, if they can't see them, it might be harder for them because of the communication barrier to tell you what they want. But if they can see them, then you can maybe get some joint attention where they're looking at the toy and then at you kind of like, I want that. Hello. So it's, it's a good idea to have it where they can see them. But if you have it at their level where they can just grab, then they're not always going to be needing to tell you that they need something, right? They're not going to have that reason to communicate. So if you kind of adapt the environment to give them those reasons to communicate, obviously not to frustrate them, right? Um, 
then that is so helpful. So, so helpful. Um, Another thing that I like to do on this note is I keep a plastic jar, um, you know, just like a little mason jar sized plastic container that I'll put little manipulatives in. So with whatever activity we're doing, like let's say we're building blocks, I could throw three blocks in there, shake it up and show the child, you know, look, they're inside. So the child can request them because he can see them. So that object permanence again but they're not easily accessible. He has to either, you know, show me the jar or he has to use his sign for help or say help or whatever it is that we're working on um, to to communicate to me, to request something for me or maybe even sometimes initiate, right? So those are the strategies on today's Thursday uh, therapy tips. I almost forgot what I was, what I was calling it. Um, I hope those were helpful. I do have videos on these on YouTube where you can actually see me show you some of these strategies or at least see my facial expressions with that expectant look, right? Um, And I also have posters for the owl strategy uh, for you to hang in your speech room or your office or whatever. If you wanted to find that, that's on thanksmorris.com. Other than that, friends, I hope you have a beautiful day. I hope this was inspiring for you. If you ever have any questions, concerns, would like um, to be on the podcast, would like to suggest a topic for a podcast, you can find me over at thanksmorris.com and go to the podcast page where you can submit a form that'll come straight to my email so we can connect that way. Um, You know, you can always find me over at thanksmorris on Instagram. And um, yeah, I look forward to giving you more Thursday therapy tips and I will talk to you next time. Bye.